This is Two Balls, One Basket with Jordan Alfasa. I'm switching up the intro today. Another episode, Two Balls, One Basket. I'm your host, Jordan. Tony Schwartz is with me today. I wanted to switch it up. I got sick of that other shit. It sounded like I was reading a script. <laughs> it's been a while since I've heard your intro, so I don't even remember what you were doing. What were you doing? That way. No, don't worry about it. <laughs> well, appreciate you having me back, man. It's been a little bit. I think the last time I was on here, I was having a manic episode because I had like three Red Bulls right before I came onto the show. <laughs> I haven't seen any of your content lately. I'm like, oh, we got to get Tony back in the game. Let's get him on the pod. <laughs> yeah, bro, I appreciate you. I'm able to get onto a couple more shows. It's just been the retail lifestyle. As a matter of fact, let me take my whole. I just realized I still have my name tag. I was just on about to work. say, I see your name tag over there. Yeah, <laughs> it's the whole retail lifestyle. But I appreciate you bringing me back, man. It's always great to be here. So let's talk some heat. Let's do it. Before we even get into the the uh, the playoffs, if you looked back in January at where the team was, would you think mm-hmm. they're one game away from the Eastern Conference Finals right now? No, hell no. There's no way. I feel like any human that says yes to you is lying right through their teeth. Oh, <laughs> right I said yes to somebody this morning, and I was lying like a motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> um. I thought, man, January is pre-play-in, right? Like pre-Atlanta. Yeah. Um, yeah, January, I think we're floating around like what? The the 10th seed, right? We're still working our way up in the standings at that point. That was probably one of the rougher stretches of the season was like January, February. Yeah. Um, I remember there was a point in the season when we were fighting for the fourth seed. Uh, where things are starting to go good. We're clicking a little bit, um, finding some health. And I kept thinking to myself, you know, if this team can manage home court, like their experience and continuity, like that's where it's going to show itself in the playoffs. And if I would have stayed in that mindset, then I would have been the smartest guy on earth um, because that's what's proving itself to be working right now. Um, But then they kind of just fell apart and I couldn't see them overcoming the rebounding battle. And then they became the fourth best rebounding team based off of uh, rebounding percentage, uh, which isn't like a wholly honest analytical stat about how good of a rebounding uh, unit you have. But it does show that this team finds ways to compete on the board, even though they're undersized. And it's the major difference in this Knicks series. It was the major difference in uh, the Bucks series. And it's this team's strength. It's just like their willingness to be gritty as shit. So if you would have asked me before we came into the playoffs, I thought they were going to get gentlemen swept by the Bucs. Um, I didn't think they had a chance in hell uh, after we lost to Atlanta. Um, but they keep proving me and everybody else in the world wrong. I'm telling you, as soon as we lost that first playing game to Atlanta, I'm like, oh, we're fucked. I said, Jimmy's going to make a scene this off season. If, if changes aren't made, he's going to ask out. We beat mm-hmm. Chicago. I'm like, Oh, we want to play in game. Here's your reward. It's the number one team, Milwaukee bucks. <laughs> I will say though, and I put this on everything I love. I did say we were beating the bucks in did seven, you? in seven. You can ask anybody. The reason I was saying this is because the heat at that point had absolutely nothing to lose. They were an eight seed. They barely got in. Nobody picked them, not a single soul. 
What do they have to lose? Those are the teams that are dangerous. They have nothing to lose. So why not pick them? Yeah. Jimmy Butler. You have Eric Spolstra. That's like a recipe for success, no matter how good the other team is. So I haven't been flaunting like, oh, I I knew this was going to happen because like I said it, but not confident. (laughs) But now I look like a genius. But I also think it's funny because I think Haslam was talking. Somebody asked Haslam, you guys have won like three games in a row, but then you'll go on like a two game losing streak. You haven't been able to string together that three, four, five game win streak. Yeah. And he said, Oh, we got one in us. Well, they're on it right now. And they're about, they're one win uh, away from the Eastern conference finals. They haven't lost since what game two of the first round. Yeah. You lose what one game with Jimmy Butler in the last 12 yeah. um, that he plays. So it's like, I do also want to point out that Udonis Haslam said this is like the hardest year he's ever physically contributed to a basketball team. Physically and mentally, it's been the roughest year of his career. So I like that quote's a double-edged sword. Udonis is a double-edged sword because I really thought that quote was the dammer. But yeah, you couldn't have seen this coming. I, I don't think. And I think even fans who... You know, we're our chest is out now, right? It's like, well, we're pretty handily beating the Knicks um, when Jimmy Butler plays basketball. And even when he doesn't, we're still a pretty damn good team. We're better than the Knicks offensively and defensively. But I don't think I could have told you that it would look like this, you know, especially not that game three. Um, that game three where everything kind of just clicked for them and, and just blew the Knicks off the floor. I still thought this would have been a six or seven game series. And it's looking like it's going to be five. I going to be a six or seven series. Because, you know, like, when Jimmy got hurt, that's when my heart stopped. I'm like, oh, shit. Like, I thought he would tough it out and play. He didn't play the one game, and they almost won. They should have won. Fuck Scott Foster. But it's like knowing that he wasn't 100% healthy. It's not that I thought the Knicks were better than everyone else on our team, but it's just, mm. it's like the Heat would understand and be like, oh, you know, like, Jimmy's our heart and soul. He's not 100%. He can't do what he does. We got to step up and like people try to force it at that point. And then it doesn't look as good as it should. So that's the only reason I got kind of worried. It wasn't the, oh, the Knicks are a, what seed are they? Five? Yeah, it's seed. Fuck that. Like clearly seeding doesn't matter. Look at the heat. Look at the Panthers. Seeding's all. It doesn't, it doesn't matter this year, right? Definitely doesn't matter this year. This shit's topsy-turvy. Doesn't matter. We made the finals as a six seed. You just got to get in. I mean, to your point, you just got to get there. And 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 the reason I was making that point is actually to set some bullshit up. I actually do believe you. Seating doesn't matter. But uh, in a year like this one, where I feel like the teams that were so successful in the regular season didn't have the best postseason constructed rosters. Um, when chaos is introduced to a system, right? The bubble year. What? organizations thrived the ones that have them right now right now right so that's the kind of shit that miami thrives in no matter you know what the construction is no matter how good or how bad the talent is no matter you know what the size of the athletes are they are prepared to be in the crucible and to really be in the shit um and they've been battle tested. You know, a lot of these guys have been playing together now for four years. Four years is a really long time, which I think contributed to some of the friction in the locker room. Like after a while, you start noticing how people like 
eat their food and it bothers you. Like you start noticing how people move, like your, their mannerisms will piss you off. And it's like that same tension can also lead to some, like it can lead to some hard times, uh, but it can lead to some really brilliant highs because you know and understand people at a level that you wouldn't understand like a, a new teammate for six months. You know, Max Struess knows exactly the spots he needs to be in to help Jimmy thrive when he gets the ball at baseline on a double team. You know, he he knows exactly where he needs to be to help that guy out because he's played with him for like four years. <laughs> so, you know, that's the kind of stuff that we're seeing really come out of the Lakers team. Um, the Heat, obviously, the Nuggets, I think, are another example of that. They've been together for a really long time and they're yeah, thriving. I feel like the Nuggets every year, they keep their core, but then they add a couple like side pieces here like this year was bruce mm-hmm. brown and kcp but it's always murray porter Jokic, and and you get the deal i don't fucking know i don't watch the nuggets i'm a heat fan <laughs> well i mean jeff green is what his second year there right yeah he's, he's been a huge piece um for them i mean just like a, a really huge piece for them and obviously health has been a really big deal for them this year you know, they got everybody coming back healthy and, and they're taking the sun's best punch right now. Uh, so I don't want to count the suns out of this series, but um, yeah, they're a real fucking problem. They're a real problem. And as soon as the suns decide that they don't want to shoot historically uh, efficient, Michael Jordan numbers from the field uh, from two guys, that's, it's going to be done. It's going to be done, but while they can keep that pace, they're hard to beat. So I want to give them credit. Yeah. But to me, it's kind of pathetic that you need Durant and Booker to just absolutely go insane mode. Yeah. Just to barely beat the Denver Nuggets. That's why he I'm- gave them 52. He and gave they really it, won. It, it, it's weird. Like all the conversation was about like how awesome Devin Booker's scoring performance was. And then, and then people go, well, how great is Devin Booker as a scorer? And I'm like, not as good as the guy on the other side that almost won the game scoring 52, you know? So that, that series is really fun too, man. I'm having a blast watching that one. Yeah, I might watch that later. So let's talk about Timothy. We'll talk a little bit about the last series too, because I haven't I haven't spoken about any playoffs this year. I was trying to wait until I get a bunch of games to talk about, so it would be more fun than just talking about one or two. Right. The first round is Jimmy Butler, the greatest Miami Heat playoff player ever. Playoff. All right they they had this debate on five on the floor. I know that's where I got the idea, and. Yeah. Okay. Good. I think, I, think it's, I, I don't even think it was that hard. I thought it was easy. I think he is. And I think it's, it shouldn't be too easy. It shouldn't be too easy. I think the, uh, what Dwayne Wade did in 06 at the finals is still the pinnacle of competition. Like the finals still has an elevated level of like importance and grace inside of our minds as sports fans because of where it is, what it means, and who it's against. It should be against the second best team in the league. So if you can, do crazy things there. Um, they should be weighted more. But mm-hmm. he's done some of the most amazing shit in half the time that any other Heat player has done. Like in, in almost half the games at Dwayne Wade has played, he's had more 30-point games now. I think they're tied, six and six, right? Um, and Dwayne did it in like 140-some-odd games, and Jimmy yeah, has done it. Yeah, he passed LeBron, in. he's tied with Wade. 
he's passed LeBron tied weight and and both and both Wade and LeBron, it took them a hell of a lot more than it's taken Jimmy to get. Um it, it's incredible. He's one of the greatest playoff performers of uh all time. He's a statistic anomaly. There's no one to comp him to. Nobody knows how to talk about him. I think that we struggle to talk about how good Jimmy is because we sometimes can watch his regular season performances and not understand what the steps are that it takes to get a player to this level, be this amazing and this great. But, you know, um, he he continues to truly show me that he's not what even the media make him out to be, which is like, hey, dude, I'm like this fucking, I'm a dog in the playoffs. Like, I'm just this guy. Because last night he came out and gave us one of the best floor games that I've ever seen from a player that they call a volume scorer. Like, you know, this whole time people talk about him as a volume scorer because he's leading the playoffs in points. Uh, But by the way, up until that point, fucking the efficiency was ridiculous. And he's mostly 60 something percent ridiculous. And Jordan, he's doing it. I like, don't get me wrong. Jimmy's shooting threes now. It's like two, three threes a night. It's it's uh, you know, it's like Bernard King level talks. All right. Like Bernard King was scoring 50 before a three point line was invented. That's what Jimmy Butler feels like. He feels like a myth. He feels like somebody that shouldn't exist. He kind of defies the natural logic of the NBA at the at current construction. It's him and Kawhi Leonard are the only two guys to do it both ways uh, at such a dominant level. There's no other human that you can put into that mix, you know, that's playing currently. Um, LeBron could turn it on and switches, uh, but dude, the greatest heat performer I've ever watched. Mm. And he's starting to really win my heart, man. I don't know if you saw on Twitter today, there was like a whole thing surfacing, like who's your favorite basketball player of all time. I answered Dwayne Wade, but Jimmy Butler is like fighting for it. He It's like one and then one a and a half jordan if he drags max Struess to a championship ring i gotta think about it if jimmy butler wins a championship this year i gotta think about it i don't even have to think about it it's happening like he actually just might be my favorite player like i love Dwayne wade but i've never talked about Dwayne wade like this yeah there was something so special about that that closeout game from the bucks you know i i love the 56 i really did i was at the game for the 56 yeah, and, and I so tell that, you, my fucking I, I nearly collapsed. I don't know. Really? I didn't even I couldn't say words. I'm on the bright line, and these dudes are like asking me because uh I was with a girl, she was telling them about playbooks, and they're like, Oh, so what's your professional opinion? I and story about me, I always say Jimmy's going for 50, no matter what the situation is. Mm-hmm. So I was like, Oh, we're winning and he's going for 50. They're like 50. I said, bet money on it, he's going for 50. Um, the girl looks at me when he hit 50. They go, how the fuck did you know that? I said, the more you say it, you can't be wrong all the time. Plus, it's Jimmy fucking Buckets. Jimmy fucking Buckets. You don't get that nickname scoring 10 points. Jimmy Buckets. Did you now, let me ask you a question, right? So you um, watched the closeout game at home, I'm guessing? I watched it at a homegirl's house, and it was wild. Okay, but for you, you're physically in the building for his 50. So that is more important, like in your mind. See, I think, I think the closeout game was more important just because of the overall performance. It's just 
the fan and just like witnessing a 50 piece in yeah. person was out of this world. I think what's so annoying about Jimmy Butler, because I've went back and watched this game. I really mean this. He's an asshole. <laughs> even in even in his 50 point performances to his fans, he's an asshole to us. I it doesn't feel like a 50 point game. You don't notice that he scores 22 in the first quarter. Oh, I he noticed. just I you okay, don't get me wrong. You notice nobody else oh, on the I team noticed. scoring any fucking buckets. It was just him. But it's so silent. It's it's the quietest 21, the 22 point quarter I, I can remember. And then he doesn't he scores two points in the second quarter, I think. Only two. I think two or four. And in, like in the third, it's like 10 or 12. And it still it, it doesn't feel like he's there. And then he doesn't score. They don't bring him back into the fourth quarter until like eight minutes left. And he checks himself back in, which I always find hilarious. And then he doesn't score again until six minutes. And you're looking at it and you're like, when the fuck does this guy score 56? And then just in, in a, like a 45 second span, it's just 24. Boom. And I, I, I think, again, this makes him impossible to talk about from a national perspective because we've never had a player like him. He's unique. He truly is a one of one. Um, the same way Dwayne Wade was a one of one for a franchise, the same way that um uh, you know, Glenn Rice was a one of one for a franchise, literally, because he was the first one of ones for us. But there, there's just no sensible way to talk about him. I think that ranking him is kind of difficult. So th- let's just put him in the air with our all timers. You know, just let's put him sure. up there. That dude's number is retired. And I don't even want to hear about it. I retired his number before he even played a game, if I'm being honest. Mm. I, I can't get enough of that, dude. And oh, I'm getting sad the, that basketball season coming to an end because I love watching him. My single favorite Jimmy game game. It's the elimination game against the Bucks. Smart man, by the way. I just need to really change my wallpaper because it's Bam right now, and I feel like that's disrespectful. Uh, the the single favorite Jimmy Butler game all time ever, and I know it's his recency bias, but it's the closeout game. I just can't get over how he broke them mentally. The type of shots that he was taking, the Kobe Bryant mentality of like the Larry Bird, Kobe Bryant mentality of like letting a player know you're coming and how you're going to like get at them. And I'm watching my words now so they don't clip me on the Internet again. Uh, (laughs) But letting them know how you're going to get at them and then doing it. And watching that break them and demoralize them like I there's a there's such a mental element to free throws. I can't contributed to anything else besides fuck if i miss this free throw i give the ball back to jimmy butler it's got to be like playing tom brady it's like fuck if we don't do really good on this offensive possession we give the ball back to tom brady and he's going to score and then you start thinking about that thinking about that that guy's letting you know he's there he's talking the whole time down it was my favorite thing i've ever seen on a basketball court it's my favorite single basketball game i've ever watched my favorite part about that game, obviously, besides just shooting the basketball to tie the game at like an 80 degree angle. Right. I love that we're down 14 and he tells Drew Holiday to look at the scoreboard and says on your head. It takes and Michael Jordan said this. It takes a fucking man to talk shit when you're losing. Yeah. And he said, look what I have. I'm winning the game. And then, oh, what? I can't hear you, Milwaukee. All you go fuck yourselves, you and your cheese city. 
I swore off a of cheese for the entire first round. I didn't eat a single piece. Good of man. It. Now it's pizza. Fuck pizza. Hopefully they finish it tomorrow because I really miss pizza. I've been doing the opposite. I've been cooking chopped cheeses on Instagram live every time we beat the Knicks. <laughs> that's that's been my thing. I just grab a New York style food and I cook it on Instagram live. Um, so I've been doing the opposite. I've been talking the most shit I've ever talked in my life. Uh, I've never seen a team with a fan base this bold uh, when they were really bad. <laughs> They've been a pretty bad team for a while, but they had a bold ass fan base. They were good this year, though. So they they got a little ahead of themselves. Yeah, their team just had fatal flaws, man. I mean, our team has fatal flaws, too. Just the way that our fatal flaws interact with each other. Um, I thought, you know, the Heat were going to win this matchup pretty handily. And that's kind of what turned out to be the case. We'd like to tell you about one of our sponsors here at the Playbook Sports Network, and that is Sneaker Pads. Sneaker Pads is a shoe company that will sell, trade, and buy your shoes to and from you. With hundreds of shoe options to choose from, such as Yeezys, Jordans, Dunks, and designer shorts, Sneaker Pads is your go-to shopping and retail brand. Need some extra cash? They will appraise your shoes and maybe buy them. Looking to trade shoes for shoes? Then Sneaker Pads is the move for you. I've been a buyer of theirs for years, and I will always come away feeling great about my purchases. Sneaker Pads operates in Broward County, Miami-Dade County, and Palm Beach counties. They conduct their business with shipping and in-person exchanges. Mention the Playbook Sports Network at your purchase and reach out to Sneaker Pads on Instagram at Sneaker Pads. And yes, that is two S's at the end. Remember, with Sneaker Pads, bills are temporary, but drip is forever. So I'm scared to ask my next question because I don't want to fuck with history and jinx. Mm. But I'm going to because I'm a savage. So we're 14 and 0 and we're up 3 1. Yeah. So we're just going to assume, knock on wood, we're going to the Eastern Conference Finals. Which team would you rather face? Philadelphia? Philly, 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 Philly. You want you want Boston for the rematch, but no. Yeah, I want my fucking rematch. I got fucking beef. They suck. Philly sucks. Philly sucks the same way. And they they have fatal flaws the same way besides that they can't get their two stars to show up together in the same night because they're both just a little too old and a little too injured and and what they need to be offensively efficient is high volume um they have a terrible backcourt defensive unit um jimmy butler will feast on tyrese maxi and d'anthony melton the same way we're watching him feast on josh hart and jalen brunson the guys while they're okay defenders aren't strong enough, aren't physical enough to deal with that guy. Uh, on the interior, give me Bam Speed against Joel. I think they do plenty fine. Kevin Love will rise up for the P.J. Tucker assignment. I have no worry about, by the way, Kevin Love, fucking amazing. Um, great pickup. Uh, I I want that Philly matchup because I want the road uh, to be paved uh, the easiest way. I just want to I'm, – I'm not that fan this year. I just want to, we're, everyone's so injured. I just want, let's get the other team that we can beat in five games. But if it's Boston, dude, I don't know how you're watching Boston and saying to yourself, oh, I don't feel like we can beat that team because they're extremely beatable. Yeah. Yeah. Now they're constructed in a way that should make things difficult though. I want Boston purely for my revenge. Like I have such a bone on top of just fucking hating Boston. 
I got friends. I got agendas. I need it. The only reason I want Philly, besides that I know we could beat them, is I just want to see Jimmy drop 50 on PJ. Because not even for the performance or like winning the game, because of what would happen after on social media. It would be comical. Hear me out. Hear me out. If we're doing agenda basketball. Oh, God. All right. Jimmy Butler drops 50 on Joel Embiid. And Joel says, nah, no more. I'm going to go back and play with that guy. You trading Bam for him? Um, nah, probably not. This got probably not. Quick. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I that's a conversation you're going to have to have, right? If Joel stuff is kind of true, unfortunately, it's and it's why you handle business this year if you can, because there are some serious, serious business decisions that have to be made with a lot more than just Bam. Um. And there's two realities. There's the the really fun reality of this season is so unexpected, and these guys are outperforming them, their contracts, and outperforming um, some of their talent levels. And the sum of the whole is bigger than the parts. And uh, also, we're a tax paying team next year. Thank God. Yeah, I, thank God. But I also I don't know if I want to be paying the tax for um, another year. Victor Oladipo, Tyler Hero. Uh, and, you know, our big offseason acquisition is retaining Gabe. So, you I know, on that one. it's it's not that I'm, I'm trying to be Debbie Downer because you can have two separate things existing in, in two different atmospheres. But there will be real business decisions. Um, and this run is nowhere near fucking over, you know. So I think that the Heat have a real series against Boston. I do want to I do want to give that team the respect that they deserve as a, as a team that pretty much handled the regular season up until the last stretch. Uh, but that up until the last stretch is so reminiscent of how Boston fails. You know, they, they're they a great one through third quarter team. But holy shit, do they fall apart when it matters? If, if Boston doesn't shoot the three ball well, you don't even know who they are No. That's what, like, at the beginning of the season, I think for, like, the first month, as a team, they were shooting, like, 59%. Like, did people really think that was sustainable? That happens for, like, a week stretch. That doesn't happen for 82 games. People keep talking about Jalen Brown and how they can't get the ball to Jalen Brown. Well, they've never been able to get the ball to Jalen Brown for good looks. You know, he he can rim run with the best of them. Um, And he's pretty unstoppable at it. Uh, but two points just don't equal three. I mean, he's he's not an efficient uh, shot creator off the bounce. I mean, the off the bounce is his fatal flaw, right? That's his problem. So yeah. I just, I don't know. Yeah, you're right. If they can't hit that three, um, they're a super beatable team. Uh, basically, Miami's winning, winning a championship. I mean, let's, we might as well just call it right here on the two balls podcast like there's there's no reason not to stamp it i I think boston doesn't really understand how much they miss yudoka until right now because if they had him i think they're coasting right now i I don't know i don't think they i i don't probably there's a big portion of that rotation bullshit that they need mazzola just doesn't know how to call a game he just kind of but marcus smart said he's like we don't have an offense we kind of just go yeah. Like when you have Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, do you really think you need to coach? Like a good coach would coach them and they'd be unbeatable. They would get better shots. Those guys yeah. get some of the worst shots uh, I've seen a superstar tandem get. 
you know, uh, that wasn't super young. Uh, these dudes should be they, there. There needs to be a way to generate them better offense. But I'll tell you this. Something else that's really hurt. Uh, Rob Williams isn't that guy. And he's uh, in and out too much. He's, he doesn't uh, he never really did. You know, that hype. He even got when he plays bullshit. Yeah, but that last year shit was pretty good, man. Like he was, he was covering space. But there's something a little different about him this year. It's it's like 16 minutes a game. It's just not as impactful. He can't close that gap, um, so they have to kind of play him in a drop more instead of that roaming role that he was doing before. Uh, his Bam impersonation, and I just I, I think that you got to play out Horford in a drop, and you have to play out Horford in a drop, and he's fucking good. Um, but they're beatable. And I like the championship, you said, because I'm telling you right now, and we will say this on the Two Balls Basket uh, podcast, if Jimmy Butler gets to the NBA Finals, he is not losing again. I will bet anything on it. If he has to single-handedly fucking win the series, he's going to do it. He's winning it. No matter who. I will do that if it's the Lakers. I'll do it if it's I will say the same. If it's Denver, that's going to be a If rock it's Denver, fight. first of all, me and my friend Evan, he's a Nuggets fan. He lives in Colorado. That's our dream matchup. Right. I don't want it, but I do want it, but I don't want it. It doesn't fucking matter because Heat and six. No, we swapped that up. You added a number? Well, if it's the Nuggets, it's Heat and six. If it's the Lakers, <laughs> <laughs> if it's the Lakers, it's Heat five. Burn the bows, baby. All right, that's all I got today. Is there anything you want to add before I let you go? Um, appreciate Bam Adebayo. Always appreciate, appreciate Bam Adebayo. Uh, 13 is incredible. And it's just like Anthony Davis. If you're paying attention to how many points he scores during a matchup and, base, and saying that he's on and off, uh, you're not paying enough attention. Jimmy Butler is our best player. Bam Adebayo is our most important. Mm-hmm. That was such a good way to end this podcast. Let's get out of here before we fuck it up. All right. All right. Peace, Bo. Peace.